Welcome to the CMECE podcast, Let's Talk MRSA, 20 Frequently Asked Questions. Please review the complete CMECE information at www.mrsa20faqs.com. This podcast is designed to clarify frequently asked questions in serious MRSA infections that pose a threat to patient safety and add to the healthcare burden. Episodes released weekly are structured into four learning modules. Learners can apply for credit after reviewing each learning module. This is the second learning module, Optimized Use of Vancomycin. There are four episodes in this learning module. This is the third episode. In this episode, Dr. Scott Misek from Barnes Jewish Hospital in St. Louis, Missouri, shares his clinical experience. Thank you, Dr. Misek, for joining us once again. Now, in our previous discussions, we talked about the recent vancomycin therapeutic guidelines released by ASHP, IDSA, and SIDP, and what the guidelines mean for vancomycin dosing and therapeutic drug monitoring. What we'd like to discuss today is to get a better understanding of what are the main toxicity concerns when using vancomycin. Now, the guidelines recommend serum trough levels above 10 micrograms per mil, and in some patients, trough levels of 15 to 20 micrograms per mil. So, Dr. Misek, in response to trying to attain these trough levels, are there concerns related to toxicity? That's a good question. I, I think, you know, historically, and when I say historically, I'm dating myself probably back 10 years or so, maybe more, um, what's been taught of pharmacists, perhaps of physicians, is that the toxicity related to vancomycin is really that of historical significance, meaning that vancomycin in its early forms really had a lot of impurities, often dubbed uh, Mississippi mud, and that was thought to be related to uh, the toxicity um, that was observed, particularly fevers, chills, phlebitis. Uh, I think more so as we've evolved in the past 10 years in our understanding of vancomycin toxicity, uh, what we've really observed clinically is the so-called red man syndrome, where in association with histamine release, patients will have flushing of the face, certainly the neck, perhaps the, the chest. And what we've practiced and what obviously we communicate with nurses as pharmacists is that's oftentimes related to the duration of the infusion period, um, that occurring at a too fast of a rate, and that if the infusion is slowed down uh, or decreased in its rate, that you're less likely to have those adverse effects. I think what's happened more so as we've uh, studied these higher trough concentrations, uh, greater than 15, perhaps greater than 20, maybe in excess of 20, we've come to realize that perhaps uh, the concerns of nephrotoxicity have become more common. Okay, and can you expand a little bit on the evidence supporting those concerns for nephrotoxicity at the higher vancomycin levels? Sure. I think a lot of this stems around the healthcare-associated pneumonia, hospital-acquired pneumonia, and ventilator-associated pneumonia guidelines that were jointly published by the American Thoracic Society and the Infectious Diseases Society of America back in 2005. And as you alluded to, what's recommended in those guidelines is to maintain a serum trough concentration of 15 to 20 micrograms per mil. Well, I think a lot of us clinically have evaluated the pharmacokinetic data in that in pneumonia patients oftentimes are 
serum concentrations don't match up with what is seen in our um, pulmonary epithelial lining fluid, such that a ratio of serum to epithelial lining fluid of somewhere around 5 to 6 uh, to 1, meaning higher concentrations in the serum, um, to lower concentrations in the lungs, if you will, were observed. And we pushed that trough concentration uh, upwards of 20 to 25 in many scenarios, even though that's not necessarily what's recommended in the guidelines. And as we've done that, there have been a number of series focusing mainly on pneumonia, but also in other systemic infections that we're seeing an increasing incidence of nephrotoxicity. I, I think the first one that comes to mind is a paper that was published by Megan Jeffries uh, a couple of years ago, whereby she looked at a cohort of patients with MRSA pneumonia that were treated with vancomycin and simply plotted out what was the incidence of nephrotoxicity in that cohort that developed and was based on trough concentration escalation. And, and what she found is as you elevated from a trough concentration of 10 to 15 to 20 to greater than 20, you were certainly more likely to have uh, the, the occurrence of nephrotoxicity as it was defined in that paper. And that's always tricky um, to delineate. What is nephrotoxicity? Um, for the most part, literature um, describes that as an increase in serum creatinine of greater than 0.5 milligrams per deciliter, oftentimes greater than a 50% increase in serum creatinine from that baseline. But obviously these patients are um, very complex, particularly those that are in the ICU, and it's often tough to delineate what is the cause of that nephrotoxicity. What we can say is that amongst all of the different uh, variables, and this was pointed out in the Jeffries paper, that vancomycin is one of those predictors of developing nephrotoxicity, particularly when a serum trough concentration becomes elevated above 20. Okay. So what can a clinician do to minimize the risk of nephrotoxicity when they're using vancomycin? Well, I think one of the important things is to always evaluate your patients for concomitant nephrotoxins. Uh, as we've discussed in um, um, previous episodes, uh, using aminoglycosides in combination. Certainly patients that are, um, uh, have solid organ transplants or even maybe stem cell transplants that are on calcineurin inhibitors uh, are concomitant nephrotoxins. Oftentimes in the ICU, we're using diuretic therapy, um, uh, very intense diuretic therapy, and the, and the combination of uh, of that along with vancomycin might predispose a patient. Uh, I think those are the things that are important to consider uh, when screening these patients. I think the other thing is to have a, a general appreciation for how is the patient's clinical condition changing? Is their renal function changing daily or even hourly, even though it's difficult to uh, evaluate that on, on that type of schedule? Um, so I think it's it's really of utmost importance to have an appreciation for what is the serum concentration relative to the dose as the patient's um, clinical status evolves. Okay. I think you touched on this a little bit, but my, my final question to you, um, what are the early signs of nephrotoxicity and what should be done for those patients? Well, I think it's always tough to evaluate. Uh, you know, obviously a change in serum creatinine probably lags behind what the actual glomerular filtration rate is, uh, is changing at. So I think it's important, if possible, obviously, to monitor a urine output uh, and do that continuously. Uh, 
that uh, easy in an ICU setting, um, oftentimes more difficult in patients that are in a less intensive environment. Um, so urine output would be one thing. Um, I think certainly perhaps concentrations of other drugs, if you're measuring them, in addition to vancomycin, aminoglycosides, are you seeing any change in those concentrations? Other drugs that are eliminated through the kidneys. Uh, I think those are important things that you can look for from an early standpoint in terms of uh, evolving or developing nephrotoxicity. Okay, and, and so if, if, uh, if nephrotoxicity is believed to be happening, um, what, what can we do for those patients? Well, I, th I think you can do a couple of things. Obviously, alter your dose of vancomycin if that's the agent that you're uh, electing to continue. Uh, targeting trough concentrations that are probably between 10 and 15 micrograms per mil. Uh, I think the other thing to consider is changing to a different strategy. Uh, certainly, there are many options now available for the treatment, particularly of MRSA infections and even uh, vancomycin-resistant enterococcus infections that perhaps are safer. Um, things such as linazolid, which probably doesn't have a nephrotoxicity component to it, perhaps daptomycin. Newer agent televanthin, I think it's yet to be determined uh, whether or not uh, that can be a concomitant nephrotoxin or is potentially dangerous in those patients that uh, have evolving nephrotoxicity. Okay. Well, this is all the time we have for today. Thank you again, Dr. Misek. And please join us again for subsequent discussions on the optimal use of vancomycin for treating MRSA infections. Thank you.